everyone. Welcome to the Five Beer Plan. I'm Brian, and this is the ongoing saga of an everyman's ale trail. In this episode, I'll look at one of the most versatile hop varieties, kick off my interview with Trent Snyder from Bridge Up Brewing, and review Mosaic Jam by Dancing Gnome. In this segment of Looking for Lupulin, I'm excited to dig into one of my favorite New World American hops, Mosaic. In 2012, lightning struck once again for the hop breeding company with the hop variety simply known as HBC 369. Bred from a male nugget hop with a complex lineage and a female Simcoe hop, yet another star was born. Massively complex, it was released under the trademark name Mosaic. Depending on who you talk to, you might find the flavor and aroma of beers brewed with mosaic hops described in a variety of ways, with notes of tropical fruit, blueberry, stone fruit, citrus, dank, piney, or even earthy. Some even say that it is citra on steroids. Its name is quite fitting. Julian Healy's The Hops List suggests that mosaic is a great triple-use hop for bittering, flavor, and aroma. It has a solid alpha acid content of 11.5 to 13.5% and a relatively low beta acid content of 3.2 to 3.9%. This combination gives it a pleasant hot bitterness. It retains an amazing 75% of its alpha acid content after six months of storage. Because of its versatility, mosaic hops are steadily rising in popularity for the top hop varieties grown in the Pacific Northwest. Though it ranked as low as 7th place in 2018, it has been rapidly on the move. It was second only to Citra in 2021 and 2022. Part of the success of Mosaic is the ease of harvest and large yields. Much like other modern hop cultivars, resistance to disease and pests are usually one of the goals to increase yield. Mosaic is resistant to powdery mildew, but is susceptible to downy mildew, hop aphid, and the two-spotted spider mite. Historically, mosaic hops have been used primarily in IPAs, both single and double, but you'll also find it works very nice when used in pale ales, stouts, or even saisons. Unfortunately for those who grow their own hops, since mosaic hops are a patented variety, it is not possible to purchase rhizomes. This means if you want to use them in your own recipes, you'll have to buy the cones or pellets. Since mosaic pairs well with other hops, if you're a home brewer and looking for a substitute, the Hop Tropical Citra would be a really good option. In this segment of Homebrew Hijinks, I continue the next phase of my passion fruit sour ale, Boiling the Wart. As mentioned, this recipe was adapted from one I found online. So once I got my wart boiling, it was now time to follow the hop schedule. The total boil time was going to be 60 minutes, which is pretty typical. Remember, though the water temperature and time that each hop addition is in the boil contributes to the bitterness and aroma. Compared to my first brew, which was hop heavy, this was going to be a bit more of a delicate beer. So after 30 minutes, I weighed and added a set amount of mosaic hops to the pot. I sure do enjoy the smell of hops that fill the air as they're added to the boiling wort. At flame out, which is basically the end of the boil, I weighed and added more mosaic hops. These late edition hops are going to impart more of the tropical flavor and aroma to the beer. I put the lid on my stock pot, placed it in my sink, and then surrounded it with ice and added water to cool the wort. 
I checked every few minutes with my instant read thermometer to ensure I got to my 68 to 70 degree temperature range in preparation for fermentation. I took the pot out of the sink and prior to pouring it into the fermenter, drew out one half cup of the finished wort with a sanitized measuring cup. I used my hydrometer to get the original gravity of the beer, which was around 1.06. Next episode, it's time for the yeast feast. Now, it's time for Barstool Banter. This episode, I kick off the first half of my interview with Trent Snyder from Bridge Up Brewing. I would never have connected with him had it not been for some family members who visited the brewery last fall and promoted the podcast. Since Trent is super generous, he sent the everyman some Bridge Up swag and more importantly, a six-pack variety of Bridge Up beer to taste. I think you'll agree that this guy is as genuine as they come. Uh, well, welcome to Barstool Banter. I'm sitting down virtually with Trent Snyder from Bridge Up Brewing at their Door Counter, Wisconsin location. Trent, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule up there in the cold to join me on the podcast. Uh, happy to be here. Awesome. So can you please tell me what is your role at the brewery? The title I gave myself is managing partner because okay. I really do I really do a lot of things, but my main responsibility is I'm the head brewer. So I brew the beer, create the recipes. I uh, for the long for a long time I was cleaning kegs and cleaning equipment and doing all that stuff. Since then I've I've gotten a guy to help me with some of that stuff. I do all the social media. I decorated the tap room space, uh, ordered all the equipment. I'm in charge of all the ordering of the hops and the grains and things like that. So kind of a jack of all trades. Uh, we're a small brewery, so I can do all that stuff. It's not too big of a deal. And I actually enjoy doing a lot of that. So, but uh, on my business card, it says managing partner. and head brewer. Okay. Yeah. And I think as a small business owner, I mean, I talk to a lot of owners, brewers, janitors, <laughs> You run the gamut of everything. So I think yeah. to some extent, you really have to have your hands on all of that when you're small, just to make sure everything's running at peak operating performance. Absolutely. You say you're a head brewer. How long have you personally been brewing? Well, you know, cumulatively through my life, probably 20, going on 23 years total. I was a home brewer for 17 years. I was a school teacher for 13 years. So I had my summers somewhat off. So I really got into to home brewing then. And as that became more popular, some of my buddies and neighbors started, you know, got into it. And so we started, you know, like a lot of people started kind of a homebrew club where we would go to different houses on the weekends and brew beer so that we weren't stuck with several cases of bad beer. So we could <laughs> right. share, share the bad beer and share the experiences and things like that. And I got, I'd say, pretty good at it. I won a couple local homebrew contests and things like that. But it was really just a, it was just a hobby, something I enjoyed doing, you know, something that, you know, when, when the neighborhood had a block party. I was the guy that, you know, brought the beer. Okay. But then when I, um, I moved to Door County, this job kind of fell into my lap. And so I've been doing this as a real job for about four and a half years. Well, congratulations on that. That's really awesome. Thanks. Life's funny. <laughs> it sure is. I've had a homebrew kit for two years and I finally did my first homebrew first of the year. So I've been homebrewing for a month. <laughs> hey, well, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> Actually, just before we left home, I popped open uh, one of the bottles because they were ready, and it was a session uh, Citra IPA. Tasted pretty good, so I'm like, okay, I can tweak this a little bit and maybe make it my own. Sure, hey, I'm excited well, about that. I think my first ten were horrible and got <laughs> left in the basement to the point where I remember sitting up in the living room one day or one evening watching TV, and I heard some noises down in the basement. I'm like, what is that? Sounded like stuff falling over. 
And I went down there the next morning and I could smell beer. And I'm like, oh man. So I go around the corner into the area where I where I had stored the bottles and half of them had exploded. Oh no. Overcarbed, you know, overcarbed, you know, because they were bad. They were bad. And I hadn't drank them. So some of them were maybe months, months and months old. So luckily, uh, whoever put it poured that floor back in 1924 pitched it right to the drain. So everything was at least running to the drain. But the smell, it smelled like beer down there until we sold the house. So yeah, that's the worst. That's, luckily, that's, that's one of my biggest fears too, because that's I usually store a lot of my extra beer in my basement, and it's it's not a finished basement. It's what we call a Michigan basement. So basically, you know, fieldstone walls, okay. some brick wall, and uh, they poured yeah. you know concrete maybe back in the you know '80s, and so it's you know kind of poorly done. So if anything explodes <laughs> like that, I'm in deep trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. I, I suggest I, I after that I started putting them inside of like Rubbermaid bins to at that's least, a great idea to at least collect the juice and i'm lucky the person we sold the house to was a budding home brewer so that the smell of beer in the basement probably was very appealing and maybe right. actually sealed the deal so how long has bridge up brewing been open um we opened in between 2018 and 2019 it was a very small opening you know we didn't know i i didn't know if i could make a go of it because i had never commercially brewed before my business partner is, was a very trusting soul but I had a very small space to brew in. Um, we invested in a one barrel system. We didn't make a huge investment in, into equipment and materials because we weren't quite sure. You know, Door County is a seasonal place. So we weren't sure if it would be able to support, you know, a brewery. Uh, but here we are in 2023 and I've got two <laughs> locations and stuff and a much larger space. Still the same one barrel brew system, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. But can you please tell my listeners where the heck is Door County and uh, why did you choose it? Yeah, so Door County is so if you if you can picture Wisconsin, it's kind of shaped like a mitten or a hand. No, um, that's Michigan. That's Michigan. Right, Don't let's right, not get confused well, here. <laughs> a backwards, it's like a fist. A yeah, fist for your right hand. <laughs> exactly. So we're we're more of a we're we're more of an open hand with a mitten on it because if you can picture it, Door County is the thumb, the yeah. peninsula of Wisconsin. So it's completely surrounded by water. They have Green Bay on the uh, west side, and then Lake Michigan on the east side. And I chose Door County because that's where I grew up. So I grew up in Door County. My parents owned a small business, a seasonal business up here uh, for 28 years. But I went to college in Minnesota, got a teaching job in Minnesota out of college, and then met my wife, started a family, had two daughters. And we were all growing our home with the beer smelling basement. And uh, <laughs> uh, my wife has a nice job that she didn't necessarily have to work in an office per se. So she was able to take her job with us. And we had always talked about moving to Door County, but it was more of a retirement plan. But we thought, well, let's take a couple of weekends and, and at least explore and see what is available for homes and things. So uh, we found the right home and fell in love with it and made the move. Nice. As you know, my cousin uh, lives over in the Appleton area and he always raves about Door County, how amazing it is and just how much there is to do up the peninsula. So it sounds like a really beautiful place. So I think that's Probably a good choice of venue for your brewery. Yeah, it's it's a great place. Small town feel. It's a mm -hmm. large county in as far as, you know, it's long, but it's very seasonal. Asses to elbows in the summer and, and not so much in the wintertime, which is great as a business owner because you need that downtime. Yeah. Um, but a great place to live, great schools, very close-knit community. A lot of the arts are big up here. So a lot of performing arts, music, then, then you get like your textile arts, your pottery and, and things like that as well. So it's very diverse. They call it the Cape Cod of the Midwest, but uh, people say it's it's very much like Cape Cod. So sandy beaches, 
you know, lots of water. It's very green here. We've got a very unique growing season being surrounded by water. So temperatures are pretty nice for growing. So everything's green, lots of flowers and things like that. Are there any uh, like local hop farms up that way? There, you know, oddly enough, there are, and I don't know when that started, but there's not too many that seem to be in operation. You can okay. see that they've got the big poles and stuff and yeah. they don't seem to maintain. So I'm not sure if that was a, a situation where at one time they grew well and then now they don't, or they need some special care and the people that started them didn't want to do that. But, but I know that for a fact that there are a couple of people doing it because I've been approached for, from some people asking if I want to buy, you know, local whole cone hops. And I, and I grow them at my home. I have about nine different varieties of hops growing. I have a really tall home. So I start them in the bottom and run them up the roof line. Um, and they, you know, if you get hops going, they're like a weed. By the end of the summer, I forget what's what, because they've all intermingled <laughs> and stuff like that. So, uh, no, yeah, I, they, they can grow here because they grow in yeah. my yard. The Midwest is kind of a, I'm going to say it's an up and coming area where hops are becoming more prevalent as far as farms go. You know, Michigan has a lot of unique varieties of hops that are only Michigan grown. So you said that you have a location in Sturgeon Bay and then the other one is in Door County proper then? Yeah, it's in Fish Creek. Yep. Which is a a small, small unincorporated village. I guess it's considered a village. Okay. Well, I just want to thank you again for sending uh, gifts of the Bridge Up beer and swag last fall. I've gotten a lot of good use out of that glass, and the beers are pretty darn good. I've actually reviewed the 1851 Zwicka Lager in my most recent episode because uh, oh. I just love a good Keller beer. And I had some uh, reviews, so I did a historical beer kind of tangent last fall, so I reviewed a couple of beers that were historically in nature. So thanks again, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah, my pleasure. I really enjoy the descriptions you have on your cans as well. Who comes up with those? Uh, that'd be me. I felt like, um, you know, there's history here in Door County and there's history to beer. And, you know, I've often, when I, you know, I'm a big beer drinker. I've always wondered like, you know, like where do people come up with the names? And that's really one of the harder things about brewing these days is to come up with a name that somebody else doesn't have. Right. You know, the last thing you want is, a, you know, to invest in labels and getting it on a can and then all of a sudden getting a cease and desist letter from somebody saying, oh, hold the phone Wait, there. You've got a zombie dust too? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> coming up with a name is challenging. So all our beers, the names have something to do with Door County. I say we're a blue collar brewery. We're, a, we're I brew beer for the people of Door County. And that means it's the people from Chicago and St. Louis and Minnesota that come up in the summer and call Door County home for a week or two or a month, but also for the people who live and work and, you know, make Door County a great place to live all year round. So, you know, I feel like people come to Door County and they may have been coming for a long, long time, and they don't necessarily know about Door County. They just know it's a great place to come. So I always try to give a little bit of a history lesson, albeit very small. So you got to put your cheaters on or get the <laughs> or get the magnifying glass out to read it. But just to give a little history of Door County and a little bit of information behind the name of the beer that's in the can. Yeah, that's really cool. I think that's a, a great way to promote your, your area and promote the history and build up that fan base, so to speak. So that's For pretty sure. cool. For sure. Can you uh, tell me a little bit about your tap room there? I can. So I've got two. We'll talk about Sturgeon Bay one first. It's small. I would say if the fire marshal were to tell you how many people could be in there, it would probably be 45, 40, 45 at a time. We've okay. got eight seats at the bar, and then we've probably got five or six tables, one low top for handicapped, and the rest are high top tables. And then we've got a, a small area I call the that 70s show basement area because it's some very, uh, it's new furniture, but it looks old. 
and it's okay. got, you know, it's the colors of like puke green and rust and, you know, those colors that your grandmother's oven and linoleum kitchen floor were, were colored, but it's very eclectic in its decor. So I'm in a, I'm in a huge building. I'm in the basement of a pizza place. My business partner owns Sonny's Pizzeria up, up above me. I'm in the lower level, which is right at the water. So there's a marina right there. The water comes right up to, to the brewery. So it's a beautiful place, especially in the summer, but even in the winter um, when everything's white and snowy. But it's a, a fully cedar building. So the outside of the building is cedar and the inside of the building is cedar as well. So I've got these big mammoth cedar columns running randomly through the place, holding the floor up and uh, cedar shakes all over the place. So it's very warm and inviting. It's cold. People say it's very cozy. And then I've just got a bunch of old crap hanging all over the place. I'm very big into reusing stuff. I think rather than throw it away, could I repurpose it in some way? And, and oftentimes it's um, old. I got a ton of beer cans hanging all over the place. People bring me stuff. So I've got some macrame. I've got a macrame owl that I remember having in my house as a kid that someone brought in. And I've got you know old clocks and just a bunch of old stuff that I just run a really long screw through and into the into the wood. And so it's ever-changing. People come in and they're like, hey, I've got this whatchamajiggy. Do you want it? I'm like, absolutely. Bring it on over. So it's uh, there's lots to see. I always say, you know, if you don't like the beer, at least you can hang out and look at stuff. I suspect people really like your beer. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep coming back. I always say, if people just say this beer is good, that's a win for me. You know, mm -hmm. if you have a couple and, you know, enjoy it, great. Yeah. Well, the ones I've had so far have been pretty stellar. Really oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. What about the Door County location? So the Cherry Hut location, we call it Bridge Up North, is very similar in aesthetics, but it's much larger because, like I said, it's in an old pole barn, so a lot more space. But again, I've got a lot of taxidermy up there. I've got a Cape Buffalo mount I've got two pronghorn mounts. I've got a bunch of like turkey butt feather things, whatever they're called. I just picked up from a guy the other day, a smallmouth bass on a log and I've got a Northern pike up there. I've got a blowfish. I've got a bunch of flags and banners hanging because I've got a really tall ceilings and uh, got some bikes hanging around. I got a bunch of uh, decommissions, road signs and street signs. So it's again, very, very eclectic, but very repurposed. And again, ever-changing. I've come to work up there in the summer, because that's where I'm at all summer, is up at the northern location. Okay. I've shown up, and there's like piles of stuff outside the brewery. <laughs> that's like the brewery door that somebody just dumped off, you know? And, and uh, you know, sometimes there's a note that says, if you can't use it, toss it. But more often than not, I'm able to find a spot for something. So That's really cool. Yeah. So you do all your brewing then at uh, Bridge Up North? No, actually, I do. I brew it down south. I brew in Sturgeon Bay. Okay. okay. Yep. It's a one barrel uh, system from Spike Brewing out of Milwaukee. I try to do as much local business as I can. So trying to keep things in Door County or in Wisconsin is important to me. And all their product is American made. So all the welding is done here uh, in Milwaukee. So really good stuff. I'm actually the first brewery to use their very first nano system they designed. And since then, they've done four or five iterations of it. I'm waiting for a phone call from them one day saying, hey, can, can we trade you up? get you the newest one because it's pretty bare bones. It's really just one step up from my homebrew system, basically. And that was part of why I purchased it. Like I said, I was brewing in six gallon glass carboys for 17 years. So the only difference is it's all electric. So I can dial in my temps, which is, you know, the key to success with any beers, keeping those temperatures the same. Yeah, nice. With the one barrel system, then you must be cranking out beer like week after week after week. I, I was the first year I was, I, it just about killed me. Because yeah. our popularity grew really quick. 
and I was brewing three times a day, essentially 12 hours a day, the same beer. And I wasn't able to really get creative and, you know, I was brewing the same three beers. So now we contract brew our flagship. So we have six flagship beers that a larger brewery called Three Sheeps Brewing out of Sheboygan. They actually brew our our flagship beers because we distribute. So they're able to do, you know, 60, 90, 120 barrel batches at a time for me. They've got the canning facility, that sort of thing. So makes it real easy. It's my recipes. I went down there the first time with them, brewed on their equipment to make sure everything was was kosher and, and stuff. And they're great guys. So I feel very blessed to have found those guys. So the beers that we're doing in-house now are, we call them one-off beers. And we're just trying to find that next beer or two or three that, that we can push out for production and get out in the marketplace. How far away is Sheboygan from your location? About an hour and a half. Okay. So I take that drive once or twice a quarter just to go down there and meet with the guys, talk about recipes, talk about what's coming down the line, things like that. Do you have a canning line locally then that you use? No, they do, they do it all down there. Even your one-off can? No, we, we run them only kegs. So we, oh, put them in, okay. we put them in six barrels, run them in-house off the draft line. We, we do have a crowler machine. So okay. if somebody wants to take a crowler or a growler home, we can certainly do that. Yeah, I was wondering about that because I thought, well, gosh, you know, you've got all these great beers, but one barrel, I'm trying to do the math in my head, Trent, and yeah, I can't, no. I can't figure it no. out. I mean, beer's magic, but. <laughs> I wouldn't be talking to you today if we were still doing it ourselves. I'd be dead. Do you mind if I uh, pour myself one of all this talk about beer is making me thirsty? No, actually, if you don't mind, I'm going to go get one myself. If I was in my home office, could have had oh. one of yours here, okay. but instead what I'm going to have is a little something from a place called Bearded Iris in Nashville. I, I recognize that logo. We, we have six uh, guest, guest tap lines up at the Cherry Hut location, okay. and we've had their beer on several times. I love their tap handle. It's small, which is nice. So, so many of them get real big and wide right. so into each other, but uh, no, they've done some real nice stuff. Cheers, yeah. man. Yeah, cheers. I, I'm drinking out of the bridge up glass. Nice. I love cheers. that glass, by the way. And what are you drinking there? Uh, I'm drinking a Cosmic Punch. Double dry hopped IPA from my guys at Three Sheeps. That's why I go down there twice a quarter. I really just go down there because they always send me back with a bunch of beer. Do they distribute nationally or they just local? I don't believe they do nationally. They're pretty, I think they're heavy northeastern Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, They're big to me, but I think like me, they want to be that hometown brewery. Yeah. They're brewing beers that could certainly go national. I mean, they got such smart guys there and I'll have to uh, have my cousin look out for some Three Sheeps and Oh, I'm, See if I I'm, sure he's th- I'm sure he's heard of them. And they, they do a real nice job. They have a couple variety packs that they push out. Every okay. Year. Stuff they're doing in small runs is just incredible. I was just down there and they were doing something with, with grape skins. Oh, nice. So, again, I'm a home brewer. I don't have the science background in brewing at all. So like when something goes wrong, I have no idea why it went wrong. I just look at my notes and try not to do the same thing again. They've got smart dudes there that are whipping up new and funky stuff and I'll be honest with you, I've had a lot of their beer and I haven't found one that I don't like. Even in styles that I don't particularly care for, they do a hell of a job. Nice. My, my guess is probably they're using like a good Nelson Savine hop with the grape skins maybe to give it a nice... Sure, it's actually this, that, that one's in this cosmic. Oh, okay. So that's one of the things uh, I'm going to diverge from. That's one of the things this particular season. So I've got one season of my podcast under my belt and this season I'm focusing on... 12 different hop varieties throughout the year. So I'm going to try to find a beer every month that I can focus on, you know, one that's a single hop variety and uh, review that and then really dive into the the nerdiness of, of the hops, you know, what kind of oil content yeah. there is, what the percentages are, and that kind yeah. of stuff. So I wish there were some more smash beers out there in the mainstream because I, there's so many hops and some, some of them are so expensive. I can't 
as a small brewery afford to even bring them in. So I just right. want to know what the, what the profile of these things are. You can yeah. read about it, you know, uh, but to try it. So I just, I would love to see some smash beers. So some of my, my homework that I'm doing, oh, this dude. is a great book so far. Yeah. Got that from the library. So anyway, you got a cool, you got a cool library. I'm going to write that one down. Yeah. It's by uh, Dan DeSorbo. D I S O R B O. And the other thing I like is it's a hardcover. I may have to buy this myself. I mean, it's like twenty-seven fifty apparently, but you know, I just like. I'll show you some of the inside. Coffee table <clears throat> book, buddy. I'm sure there's great pictures. Oh, fantastic pictures! Like you know, showing you you know beer clean glass versus yeah, non beer clean glass. Lacing on there, yeah. Uh huh. And then they even have huge pictures showing you. Sorry, the lighting's terrible here. Oh, like what the hops great. look like. Yeah, so it's it's a great visual and it's it's got a lot of good nerdy information in it. So anyway, nothing wrong with that, man. No, not at all. Well, I'm a lifelong learner, so um, you know if if I can learn a little bit more about you know brewing and beer and what goes into it and how I can adjust my my home brew next mm -hmm. time, you mm -hmm. know that's what it's all about. Yeah, take good notes. I try to. Last call. It's nearly time to wrap things up, but first, one more for the road. This episode, I'm drinking Mosaic Jam by Dancing Gnome in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. From the brewer, Jam is a solo show of hops at center stage. Each variant is dry hopped exclusively with a single variety, allowing that hop to shine and shred. Mosaic Jam slaps with strong notes of stick and sweet berry medley and dank peach. Without further delay, This beer is an India Pale Ale coming in at 6.8% ABV. It's interesting, I see it a lot now, that many breweries are offering up a series that highlights a single hop variety, which I think is pretty cool. It gives me, as a consumer, as a reviewer, the opportunity to see what a particular brewer brings forth with their take on a particular hop variety. So I've poured this beer out into a nice tulip glass because I really wanted to see if I could hone in on the hop variety itself. When I poured this out into the glass, it poured a very nice kind of deep gold color. It has a nice fine white head. It's got just a very nice berry and citrus profile on the nose. Very aromatic. As soon as I pop the top on this, so first sip impression here. Hmm. So my first sip impression of this, it's got definitely a nice a citrusy flavor at the start. I sense notes of uh, stone fruit, uh, specifically peaches, uh, maybe some mango. Definitely a tropical fruit salad of sorts. On the finish, I pick up some of that tartness, uh, that sourness that comes from more of the, the blueberry kind of profile that uh, some people liken to mosaic hops. So when I first started delving into IPAs, uh, Mosaic was one of those hops that I really went after just because I really enjoyed the complexity of the hop, um, the fruity notes that it provided, the citrus uh, bite that it has. I'm a big fan of blueberry, so certainly that was a draw as well. Now this beer doesn't have a whole lot of body. I'd say it's maybe a, a light to medium body kind of beer. I'd say it's maybe a little bit on the flat side. Again, that's not a bad thing. It's just how it feels on my, on my palate. It's just very smooth. 
It has a nice balanced bitterness to it. That bitterness lasts as long as you've got that beer on your tongue. And as soon as you swallow, then it really dissipates and kind of leaves that, as I said, that kind of berry tartness uh, behind. I'm going to just take a, a little swirl on this. Take another sniff of the profile here. So I'm picking up a little bit of a dank earthiness, but it definitely has some citrus mixed in there. This is a beer that I would crush on. I've had several from Dancing Gnome before. This is definitely one that's very indicative of the brewing knowledge that they have there. I like this beer. For anyone that would be interested in a beer that's got notes of blueberry, notes of citrus, a little bit of peach, maybe some mango in there, Mosaic Hop is definitely the hop that you would want to seek out for, for the beer that you want to try out. This one has got my tongue a-dancing. I give this one a solid four tasters out of five on the flight board. Cheers, Dancing Gnome! If you've got a beer you'd like me to drink and describe, leave a comment below. If you're a brewer and have one in mind, direct message me on Instagram and let's see what we can do. That's all for this episode of the 5 Beer Plan. With so many podcasts out there, thanks for choosing to listen to mine. Join me next time as I look at another aspect of beer enjoyment, continue my homebrew adventure, and finish up my interview with Trent from Bridget Brewing. Remember to hit the subscribe button to be notified of new episodes. I'd love to hear from you, so please follow me on Instagram, 5BeerPlan2022, and leave a comment to let me know what your favorite beer with Mosaic Hops is. Be sure to support your local breweries, choose your beers wisely, and drink them responsibly. Until next time, keep walking your ale trail, and stay thirsty, my friends! <laughs>